0: Hey guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hope you guys are doing good. Hope you guys are staying safe. Depending on time you guys are listening to this. <laughs> so welcome back to the Shorts on Shorts podcast. I'm your host, Gosh Hikeme, and today we have a super interesting episode lined up for you. Um I on this episode I invited two amazing guests, Kosi Keme and Kosi Mwaba, who are currently based abroad. So on this episode, we're going to dive into the experiences as Nigerians living in diaspora and talk about the challenges, opportunities, and insights they've gained along the way. So grab your headphones and grab your favorite um, drink. You know you know what it is. <laughs> and yeah, let's get ready for an engaging and eye-opening conversation about what's really, what's really like being a young Nigerian abroad. So yeah this is, this is shots on shots with Kosi Keme and Kosi Mwaba. Okay, okay, um, what's up guys, um, how are you doing? Hi Kosi, hi Kosi, how are you guys? <laughs> hi,
1: doing? hello hi. So,
0: Yeah, I, I think this is the first time I'm having you guys on the show, or even talking to you guys at the same time, virtually. So thanks so much for coming to the podcast and yeah, I know it's, it's been a long time since we are planning this run, but, um, because of the different time zone and our personal lives, we couldn't like make this happen. So, um, super thank you for making our time for it. So yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. I, I think I'll probably start off, um, by giving everyone listening um some sort of insight as to my relationship with you guys so there's kosi and there's kosi so kosi the female voice you're going to be hearing is I my sister ah, we'll find out we'll probably do a poll so um because with the female voice is my sister my first sister <laughs> my Ada. <laughs> And oh, yes, um, she's a super me. amazing person. She's a de- she's a data analyst. Yeah, a data analyst. Is it? I'm a business a. analyst,
1: boy.
0: A business analyst. Sorry, I get yes. these things complicated and stuff. So, um, so she's a business analyst. Um, a really amazing one at that. And um, she's still going to tell us about herself. We're going to pretend that. I'm <laughs> going to pretend that uh, I don't know her. So, yeah, Kosi, my sister. And there's Kosi, aka Ozuno, aka the God, or God, rather. We can't see him the right chief. now because he says, what did he even say again? That you um, can't see the face of God. Nobody
1: sees the face of God.
0: So, yeah. Um, so, he's a super amazing guy. I think there's this fun memory I have of him. There was a time he used to like dance. I think he. He had this his name at that time was Dancing. Magic, Magic Dancer or something. But I was still asking how that career went. But um, so yeah, over to you guys. <laughs> Can you like um give us a background about yourself, just in basic introduction? So who is going first? Female Kosi, ladies uh, first.
1: <laughs> oh well, um, hi everyone. My name is Kosi. Um the podcaster sister. I think I'm having a bit of a proud sister moment because um, I remember when this dream of having a podcast started. So it's really good to see how far he has come. So yeah, my name is Kosi. I'm a business analyst um, based off of Dublin, and I've been here for four years. Yeah, I think four years. There's really four nothing years. much. Yes in a couple of like months so. old, I've been here for four years <laughs> so I think I like Aku and her. so I think that's about the only thing to know about me and it's good to be on All the right. podcast
0: uh, thank you thank you thank you. I'm pretending I don't know you so thank you because I don't know nice for for coming to <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Zunu
2: yes uh You've already said everything about me, even the ones I don't want people to know. The ones I left in the past, like the dancing stage anyways, but like you practically said everything about me and uh, I am a deaf analyst as well. So uh, yeah, yeah. I've been here for a couple of years, two years. And I think as we dive deeper into the conversations, more will be revealed about me. It's like in layers, like, so as we proceed, then more things come out about me.
0: All right, that's that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. So um how did you how did you guys end up living abroad for so long? So what's what's the story? What's the crack was sorry I had to say that?
1: <laughs> what's the crack? Typical Irish. Um, for me, I moved here in twenty nineteen for, for the studies. So it was school that made me move here. So I did my first my well, I did a postgraduate um, diploma first, and then I stayed working. And then after a year or two, I went back to get a master's done and I just stayed back to work. So I've just been here. So it was just school that made me move here. And now I'm staying here cause I work here. All
0: right. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Um,
2: yeah. I, I just, I just moved here because. I wanted to stop hearing the sounds of generator. I wanted to have a better. <laughs> there's there's you
1: know,
2: that like, as well,
1: please. Yeah, because a lot fine. of us
2: don't really know. A lot of us don't really know what living in the same society is. So when you when you have a taste of the same society, then you will know that like a lot has been denied it. So I actually just moved here because I wanted to really experience life for for what it is, for so, like a better life, for what it is. So. Moved yeah uh my study visa, study data analytics, finished. And thanks to course the female voice who was always there, you know, helping me with I'm food like and yeah. helping yeah. me with my assignments and all. So yeah, so it's always nice having someone you are very familiar with to so, like guide you through. You know, it was very it was an easy ride for me. I didn't go through things she went through while I moved there because yeah. she already she had already like moved here, established contacts, knew the things that were challenging, things that pressure pressures faced in the terrain. So it was like an easy yeah. ride for me. So thanks to her as well. Yeah.
1: I think, yeah. um, I forgot, I was saying to somebody recently, cause everybody's always like, how come your cousin's name? So I introduced Kosi as my cousin, cause you know, trying to explain how come you both have the same name. And to be honest, yeah. I think Kosi will pass as my cousin cause We literally spent, we've spent all our lives together from when we were in nursery school to primary school. Yeah. We actually went to the same nursery primary and secondary school and uni, if you think about it. So literally I spent all my life with Kosi. So when he came here, it was just easy to say, oh, that's Kosi, my cousin. And I'd always get, how come your name is Kosi and your cousin's name is Kosi? And I'm like, oh, well, we love the name in our family. But I think, I thank God every day Kosi moved here. Because when he came, yeah, I had made friends and everything. But when Kosi came, he just felt like, this is like the closest person I have.
0: Someone familiar.
1: Yes. And I think that's something they don't tell you. Well, I think people say it, but when they say it, you're like, cannot be that bad. It cannot be that bad. Until you move here and you deep how lonely it, it can get. To be fair, yeah, you know, we still have lonely days because we don't live in the same location. Everybody's working and you don't get to see each other often because everybody has like different schedules. So like when you want to rest, the other person probably works. And when you want to see, you know, all that kind of stuff. But nobody actually tells you how on your own (laughs) you could be when you move here, especially when you don't have family. And when I moved here, that was what it was for me. The closest family member I had here, lived like how many hours away? So I couldn't afford to just keep traveling all the way to see her. So it was just me trying to build connections in school. And of course, you're in a new place. You're trying to be careful with the connections, you know, you make. But I'm thankful for the community I have here. I've been blessed with the small community of people I call my own. And I think... Coastal moving here was like the cherry topping for me because I'm like, yes, now I have somebody who's like, who knows me close to home. Like when I saw him, I remember hugging him and I'm like, it felt like I was hugging my mom. I was hugging my dad because I knew he had gone to see my mom before he came. He saw my brothers. So it felt like Jesus Christ, this is the last person that saw my parents and my siblings. In the yeah. how many years I've been here, it he felt like I didn't want to let him go. I was like, what did my mom look like? What did my dad look like? So I thank God every day that Kosi is here. I remember when, you know, we're trying to get his visa done and there were delays. After he told me that I don't think I'm going to come again, I cried. I'm going to come first. I <laughs> actually went. I'd never yeah. told him, but I actually cried because I was like, hey, God. So it's just going to be me here, and like, my God, anything I've done to you, please forgive me. Let his visa work out. Let him come. At least I have. Some you
2: cried. To you me. cried because you after bragging to all your friends that your cousin is coming for
1: exactly for <laughs> there family. was that. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I was literally telling everybody, "Oh, my cousin is coming." They were like, "Oh, when is he coming?" <laughs> ah. Next thing they're telling me visa is not coming out. I'm like, hey, hey. apart from uh uh-uh, uh the your uh, cousin's boots capsized there was the eh so that's it. i don't have anybody close to her but yeah i'm happy because he's here even though he okay. frustrates
0: my life because I, I was um before you started giving me the, the dates about um, how it was for you i was about to ask you what it was like before kosi came into the picture but what about you kosi how was it um for you like leaving um nigeria to an unfam an unfamiliar place, more or less. How was it for you? Like, what were the challenges I mean, that you faced? How did it feel?
2: Uh it didn't feel so. It didn't feel so new, even though it was new as well. Cause, um,
1: so I mean, I had President John the uh, Baptist. <laughs> 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 I,
2: have, I have I have I have I have the little experience of like being on this side as well. So. I knew what I was expecting, even though I didn't know to what gravity it is. Yeah. You know, I just knew I was going to have quarter shocks. I was going to get introduced to new way of doing things. I was going to have to I was going to have to drop a lot of like um, habits that I see yeah. as normal, even though in the real in the same place it's not normal. You know, I was going to learn how to open doors for people while you walk into a store. I was going to learn how to mind my business and not say good morning to every fucking person I see. I'm sorry for my French, you know, but like in no, India, when no, you no, wake no, up right. in the morning, <laughs> when you wake up in the morning and you see someone passing, out, you have to say good morning, and if you don't say good morning, there's a frown, you know, so, but here, yeah. nobody cares, and we were, I, I I have been hearing people say, oh, you know, you address your seniors by their names, your lecturers, or whoever, you know, nobody wants yeah. to have, nobody wants you to call them professor or engineer or whatever, just say Ugochuku, Kosi. And it's fine you know so i had that at the back of my mind but when i started doing it i'm like oh wow this is for real." <laughs> so yeah uh that's that's it for me yeah, yeah
1: i think right, i'm going right. to chip in there about okay. like having to greet people so of course growing up every time they can harry you see under it well i'm not going to say well to a reasonable extent you know you bump into people oh good afternoon Oh, good evening. Yeah. Whatever it is, I think,
0: I say. think in Nigeria, they, are, they, they go with, this is a sign of, it's a sign of respect,
1: respect for you to
0: greet people every morning. Yeah.
1: Yes. So I remember when I had just moved here, the neighborhood I was living in, actually I was very sure they did not like me or that they were deaf. Cause I'll be going for my shifts in the morning or trying to go and catch the bus in the morning and everybody I'll bump into the room and I'll be like, Hey, good morning. And like a good number of them would just walk past me, and I'm like, and I actually mutter it in Igbo. God forgive me. I'd be like, "What oh, they can't teach you this person." Like I would legit actually say it out. Oh, can teach you, like it's like you're deaf, because how am I? My voice is very loud, and I'm like, "Hello, oh, good morning," and you just walk past me. A lot of people, and then I actually now realized, these people aren't like. Like the way of life for them is totally different from what I had known from the way of life that was raised in. I remember my first few classes in uni, I could not ask questions because I'm like, so am was supposed to open my mouth and call my professor by their first name and say, so this thing you were talking about. So I wouldn't ask questions. But then they will not be asking yeah. me questions in class. And then you have to like respond to them and make it conversational and you're standing there going. So, so it took me time. That was like one of the things I had to learn because for me, it was learning because I had older relatives. I had professors in school and I never called them by their first name. Like in Nigeria, you even have people who are not your mommy, who are not your family member and you have to mommy this, auntie this. And you know, this person is not your auntie. Like I don't understand. This person's from <laughs> Enugu. you're your family yeah. members, you're from Anambra, so how is this person your auntie? They're not even from your village, nothing, We are calling them auntie, uncle, just so you don't look like you're rude. Here, you're calling somebody that's like twice, thrice your age by their first name, and you're moving on, like, you're moving on. And then another thing that shocked me was how they used to cuss people out, like, no, 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 no. Oh, wow. see somebody who like your younger dad and then next thing they're cussing somebody who's like way older than them and you're sitting there in the bus. Especially young people and the bus drivers. Like the first yeah. time I ever had a young person call an older bus driver in the most Irish accent ever. You're a fucking idiot. My job. <laughs> hit the floor. Because loud. first of all, this bus driver Give or take, I think he was probably in his like forties, and now you're seeing this yeah. person was a teenager because me I was older than him. I think probably in his secondary school. Well, his secondary school was very uniform. What did you do? So normally, you know, you could have like, you know, when young people are just being, you know, playing chauvinist and all that. So some drivers just want to avoid wahala, like don't get on my post with your problem. And then this boy just banged on the down goes, "You're a fucking idiot, you wanker," and my mouth was like this. In Nigeria, if you call somebody, you cannot even call somebody's dad, a fucking idiot. Because they will deck you. And then before you get home, they've told your parents. <laughs> you and gone. they also deck you like like and he said it and gave you the middle finger. I was sitting on the bus and my eyes popped out of the socket. My jaw nearly hit the floor, and I'm like, eh? Are you kidding me? So that's like I think I dare say that was like one of my few culture shocks when I got here. And then they just said that nobody said anything. And then Ooh. everybody in the bus just minded their business. Nobody said anything about it. So like Nigeria, like you have older people saying, no, why would you do that? Yeah. Nobody said anything. Everybody was either on their phone or looking at business or waiting for the bus driver to start driving. Nobody said shit. So, yeah, I think, well, I think it's was, interesting. Was that,
0: was that your biggest um, cultural culture shock?
2: oh that was definitely not for me i know what my biggest shock is the first I house i moved I'm into honest. the first house i moved into. Yeah, i moved in and i stayed only a day and i and I, I left because uh, <laughs> oh my god what happened? The, the, i had two lovers i had two lovers in the house that were men you know so the w- right. when i came in uh yeah so when i came in uh there was only one person in the house and Towards the evening, towards the afternoon, uh, the other guy came in and they were talking about like having massage sessions and everything. And I knew I, I didn't want to be in that space, you know, at the time. Right. I don't have anything against them, but like, but I wasn't prepared mentally to be in the space at the time. So, you know, yeah. and plus other things, you know, like the place wasn't as fine as I thought it was and everything. But I just had to, like, I just left and went into another space. So that was like, and after that, you know, I've had multiple experiences of, you know, men asking me out or, like, approaching me, you know, and all that. So, it's, you know, like, where we come
0: Expect from, a hot <laughs> cake.
2: where we come from, it's it's a socket, it's a round socket to a round hole. Yeah, pole. yeah. yeah it, it could go anywhere. So, yeah, so it was a culture shock at the time. And, but now, I don't know, maybe you guys are in town, they don't ask me after the
1: there
2: are oh. new sheriffs in town. <laughs> you yeah, are no longer
0: in The onboarding the phase has passed. So on to the so, next question. Yeah, I, think
2: so. I know this question. Yeah. So, yeah. So what about you, Kosi? Um, What's like your biggest cultural shock?
1: Well, it wasn't a cultural shock. So you know how like back home, you always hear, oh, racist this, racist that. Of course, you know you have your version of it back home, but... <laughs> Yes. I used to watch Racist Racist on the television, and I thought that was it until they threw me water through the bus window, me and one Indian huh? guy. <laughs> so I had gone to school, and I was on the bus going home, and the bus driver stopped. So normally, on the bus, they stop at bus stops to either pick people or for people to get off. And yeah. so I was sitting at the back with this Indian guy. And this bunch of teenagers are like, you fucking niggas. I'm like...
0: How old were you? Yes.
1: These people were teenagers, secondary school. And they're like, oh, no, the thing is, here, they have good kids, you know, but you also always bump into those ones that their head used to shake. So this bunch of, they're just young people and they just go, fucking niggas, get off the damn bus. You're a monkey? Woo, woo, woo. Ah. You know this kind of I have to be dreaming. That that was I just felt like, no, oh, this is not happening. Yeah. Is this a, is this playing? That was my brain was busy interpreting. He must be playing. The Indian guy looked at me, and then for some reason, immediately I just looked up. Me and the Indian guy, our eyes just jumped. I was looking at this kind of is it you that is the monkey or is it me that is the monkey? Who is the nigger and who is not the nigger? Yeah, and he was still looking at me. You know, the other white people sitting next to us, they would turn, look at us, and look away. I don't know if it was embarrassment. I don't know if it was pity. But there were a lot of people getting on the bus, so the driver was at that bus stop for a while. And then next yeah. thing, I just felt water on me, and it was that like they had opened the bottle of water and they just threw it through the bus window and give me and the Indian guy a little bath. I got home, eh, and I was like, how much is flight tickets? I want to go to my daddy's house. Uh, My daddy's house, streets, because my daddy's house, nobody be throwing water on me. I want to go. And I think another time will be, I think it was me and Kosi. It wasn't much of a cultural shock, but it made me sad for a bit. Kosi and I were going for a walk. And these little kids, probably five, six years old, or maybe seven, I don't know. But they were little children. And they start yeah. calling us. Because what was it they called us that they said? Did they call us niggas And oh, they call yeah. us monkeys? But I know they oh, were, yeah, they made racist statements towards us. And they said it, and then they ran, like, into the guarding of the house. Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe they thought we were going to turn around and try to spank them or something. But... Yeah. It didn't make me as upset as it made me sad because I felt like it speaks to us as a society and as older people in society. Because oftentimes oftentimes you're like, oh, they kids. They don't know anything. But it's yeah. so sad to see how, because most of these things, they are learned. Somebody did it and they you now learnt it. And I remember saying to Kosi, I don't want to imagine the kind of conversations the older people that these kids share the same space have, because they have to have heard it somewhere. They have to have heard it somewhere, learnt it, that, oh, sometimes they don't look like me, I can say this to them. But then it actually opens your eyes to how wild society is, you know. But I think... C'est la vie, like the French would say, that's his life. But yeah, those are my few culture shocks.
0: Wow. Well, um, to mention... To honest, um, so for first off, um, I, I didn't know this happened. And um, it's quite sad. And I'm sorry you guys had to go through these shitty things, but I think it, it, it is what it is. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so would you say um, maybe. The way you reacted to, the, or the way you guys react to the comments, or the way you guys have been navigating um, your lives over there, um, um, maybe like um, you, you all, you owe most of it, your reactions to these things, to your Nigerian um, or, origin or your African origin, the way you guys react to these different um, scenarios that you've been put in.
2: For me. Uh, personally, I don't, I don't really, I don't feel bad when anybody makes any racial slaw at me, I never feel bad, never, the only thing I do is to, I respond in a way that shows you that I'm a bigger person, you know, so I've had people call me a couple of times, you know, I've had people, you know, like, I've had a beggar spit at my feet, you know, and it was a beggar, so I'm like, hey, like, I'm actually a better person, you know, so what I did what yeah. I did to respond was I yeah. put my hand in my pocket and I get, I brought that money and dipped and put it in his cup, right? <laughs> so I'm just saying, yes, oh, beggar and you're asking for help Began and an you're sitting us. at me because I'm a beggar. Yeah, so I had to give him money. So I'm, I I just proved to him that like I'm actually a better person. you understand? So that's for me. I I I, I don't think any anybody should be surprised at being racially abused. You know, don't yeah. let it get to you. I don't I don't give people the permission to control my emotions. You know, to, I'm in a happy mood and someone says media and I get sad all of a sudden. You no, know, you don't have that power over me. So whatever you say, it's your business. It's not, it's, it's not, it's, I don't let it get inside me. Do you understand? Yeah. So I have, it's like I'm wearing a bulletproof vest walking around the city. So anything you say is just like a boomerang. It just goes back to you again and you feel bad for it. When you don't respond yeah. to what people say in a way they want you to respond, then they are shocked and they 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 start thinking they reth- they start rethinking what they said or what they did. So I never give them yeah. the permission to get that deep inside
0: you. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that one hundred percent, hundred percent. So, because I think because you wanted to say something, yeah,
1: yeah, I think for me, apart from that first time that um, I had this kids throw water through the bus because it was just my first few months. I was struggling to find my food in the country. I was feeling so homesick because I felt so alone. I hadn't made friends then. So, and then where I was living, I was living alone. So it was worse, you know, go to school, do class. And then I just go home and sit in the silence. So there was a, a lot of, there was a tendency to just want to pack it up like, I'm not doing this thing again. Nigeria is bad. Let's just go to Nigeria and face it like that. We manage, you know, there was just that tendency to just pack it up and run. But I think generally, um, I'm able to compartmentalize when it comes to things. So I'm able to like, uh, I don't think I want this thing to bother me. And that's it. I won't let it bother me. I'm able to choose what I let. Well, not choose, but I don't know how to explain it. Like attach that is it important now to this thing that it makes me feel so bad? Of course, there are things you don't have control over. And there are moments you're like, actually, if I was in my own country, you know, if my if home was a lot better than this, would I be dealing with this nonsense? But yeah. most times, it's just, I think apart from that one time, other times when people are like that to me, I'm like, "It's ignorance. You don't know any better. So. Mm-hmm. I forgive you, you don't know any better. And then I also think of the fact that this is just one out of how many I've met people who have been, you know, lovely to me. When I mean lovely, like I think lovely is for the lack of a better word. I've met, you know, indigenous people from here who have been super amazing, super supportive to me and continue to be. I used to have an Irish grandmother because she made herself my Irish grandmother. (laughs) So I used to work as a support worker. And then I had this like very, one of my clients then, she was like, she's in her 80s. And well, she appointed herself as my Irish grandmother, you know, and she always used to look out for me. There were a lot of them who used to look out for me. There's still a good number of them who look out for me. You know, you generally have, know the ones who are kind. So I just look at it like, this is just one out of how many, Think of the people who are good. Think of the good ones. And just, you know, I I feel sorry for you because you don't know any better. Because if you did, I don't think you'll be behaving like this. I don't think you'll be saying stuff like this. So for me, like Kosi said, it's just wear that bulletproof and just move on. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. Yeah.
0: So how do you um how do you think your experiences as Nigerians living abroad have influenced your perspective on Nigeria and the Nigerian culture? I think I'll
2: let you, you want me to go first? first. Yes please. Yeah, so so this is there is uh, I have I have to um okay, let me just say Nigerians, us that born in Nigeria, I realized that we we are raised with fear, right? So the kids in Nigeria are always afraid. You know, it's not yeah. it's not respect. So when when a kid when someone that is twenty years old wouldn't get a tattoo or a piercing, like a, I'm talking about a guy now, because a female can always get a piercing on the ear. But when yeah. when a, a male or female can't get a tattoo or can't get an extra piercing, the reason yeah. is not because they they respect their parents or they don't want to it is mostly because they are afraid of the society judge uh, judging them and their parents not being happy because we, in nigeria we we live a communal life so a kid is not raised only by his parents or her parents yeah he's raised by yeah, his parents her aunts her uncles the, com- the, yeah, the community yeah. Yes, but here a kid is not even just a kid is just raised is just raised by himself and with the aid of the parents right? So the yeah. kid is not afraid he may respect you or he will respect you but he's never afraid to say the truth he's never afraid to tell you how he feels you know, they, there's no sugar putting of the feelings or emotions you know, so that's why you see a kid here who and the, the, the upside of this conversation I'm having now is that if a kid is abused in school or molested, a girl child or a boy child, he has, he, he won't be afraid to go home and say, Mommy, the teacher said this to me, or Mommy, the teacher touched me like this. The good side is that you're able to pick up these things on time, you're able to deal with it effectively to make sure it doesn't happen again. But But with the Nigerian society, because of the fear with which we are raised, if a kid gets talked in a, in a way, gets talked in a way he does he or she doesn't like, he's most likely going to soak it in and he's afraid of what the people will say or what his parents, these are our parents, will say and he'll keep quiet. So if a kid is abused in school, he's, he or she is going to most likely keep quiet and the action or the, the stupid thing continues going for a period of time until someone catches the, the perpetrator of the act, yeah? So, you can okay. see that we are we are being trained in a way that doesn't let us express ourselves the way we want to because of people judging us too much. Now, I'm not saying that we are raised wrongly, I'm saying it could be better and I'm also not saying that the West or where I stay, like, they have the best kids or they raise yeah. their, their kids in the, in the most way, but I just feel like with Nigeria, there is no freedom with the west there is too much freedom so they need to maintain a a balance you know the kids most likely here the kids here most likely lack respect but they're not afraid the kids in nigeria may have respect but they live in abject fear so there is no balance so there needs to be a balance you know so yeah true once there's a balance yeah then you see kids will be in a better place
0: yeah i I think for me um i only dyed my hair recently like i think that was sometime last year, and i think that was mainly because i was staying on my own and i think i just played by my own rules now because i remember going home and everybody was like okay why why did you dye your hair and i laughed about it and i think this was around that day so they asked me why and did I dye my hair? I told them yes, obviously. And they were just staring at me. They wanted me to literally cut my hair, but I didn't. And um, I think the main reason why I'm doing this thing now is maybe um because of the people I'm interacting with right now. Um I talked to a lot of people um in the West and I think I talked to people that um uh, aware and um how would I put this now? Um people that have different experiences than myself yeah and they've they put me in that space where i know that um there's really uh, there's really nothing to these little things that you do um what should be your priority or what what's what yeah what should be the topmost priority is your character as a person as opposed to maybe the aesthetics that people see most of the time which i think is one of the things that um the nigerian community or the african community pay close attention to, but it really doesn't make sense. But yeah, I agree 100% with what you you said. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's worth to go there. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think like to buttress what Kosi said as well, you know, about the sense of community. I think that was one of the things that I was surprised about when I moved here. So you know how back home I would say um, that a child, how is it said again? You no, know, it's not one person that owns the child. It's the community. And I remember growing up, if you step out of line and maybe it was somebody down the street that saw you, they will scold you. And of course, they will tell your mother or your father and you get another round, at least with maybe one or two strokes, you know, back home. But here, there's that tendency to... It's not my business. It doesn't directly affect me. So, Moya way. So, you know, oftentimes you see young people doing the most bizarre thing and everybody's just minding their business. Nobody will say a thing about it. Like, at least to say, no, don't do that. No, we don't do that here. Nobody, you know, says that, you know, that cautioning that normally you would get back home because. You know, the child is the child of the community of Rofo Nye one mentality. Nobody does them that here. And like Kosi said as well, you know, fear. I remember one day I was walking to the bus stop and I run into a bunch of teenagers sitting in the park and making out in body light. I looked, and I looked away. I looked again, and I looked and I was like, eh? You don't see. I just calculated in my head. First of all, let it be me that is doing this. I No, it cannot be me, because ah, you think of who can drive past, and they will now see me before I see them. Remember that I will kill you? Probably... Scatter your body in different parts of the backyard, like there were older people walking past and nobody said anything. So, you see a bunch of young people. They're like, "Oh, so my boyfriend," and their boyfriends are going for dinner in their house. Like they're in secondary school, but their boyfriend they're in like, first year of university, and their boyfriend do used to come to their parents' house to sleep over. Some of them <laughs> used to follow their yeah, boyfriends, parents, family to go on vacation. Like when they are traveling and they are planning vacation, they are buying flight tickets for the family to travel. They are buying flight tickets for the boyfriend. Ha! Oh. And I'm like, back home when we were your age. First of all, you can never admit to your mother that you have boyfriend. Some people cannot admit to their mother. <laughs> I cannot family. admit to yeah, my of mother. Course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there are people, you know, I'm not going to lump everybody in the box. There are people who have that relationship with their parents. But you find that back home, most of us are like, oh, there's no need, they shouldn't have that information. And like, it just speaks to what Kosi says about, you know, the things that you will do, not out of respect, but what would they say? Fear, blah, 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 blah. Ogochukwu was talking about his hair and I was laughing and uh, especially when Kossi said about oh, getting piercings and getting tattoos. I recently got a tattoo sometime last year after saying, oh, I'll never get one. I did get one. And I remember visiting home eh, not so long ago and my mother had a mouthful, you know, to say about it. And it was so funny because there would have been a time that I wouldn't have thought of it but it was like well I want one I'll get one like I, you know that kind of I think I had gone through that phase of hey I mother is it's going to kill me too uh, whatever so like I have gone through that phase of I'm not going to do this thing because of you know because of fear or anything like it's going to make me happy I'm not going to go anybody's ox. So I'm going to do it. Everybody will talk, but everybody will be fine. So, yeah, I think that's like one of the... These people, they can be audacious. The audacity that, you know, some of us (laughs) growing up... So, The audacity that, you know, some of us growing up, we did not have. Yeah, you'll find find that a lot of them, you know, a lot of people who grew up on Um, this... um, you know, here have that. Because you want to. And
2: also, something. just yeah, just just to mention, when you talk about the audacity, the audacity me and you don't have. We are millennials, Gen Z. They have it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, Gen Z, <laughs> they, have they have it. People, like they have know, that
1: now. It Sounds like a new problem to me. I tell you. Yeah. I tell you. <laughs> but yeah I okay. find the dynamics interesting though because I think you know on one hand you have those things that are like eh but I think one of the key things that you know you know back home there's that when you're being there's that when you're being raised there's that you know you have to be tough you have to learn how to persevere and I think that actually helps a lot of us when we move over here because there's that tendency to Nah, it's hard to... In fact, I want to back up and run, but ah, if you run, your father, you, if you want to cry, cry. When you finish crying, close your eyes, roll up your... I mean, you close your work. eyes, roll up your bloody sleeves, and get to... The, like, do what you need to do. Do the fucking work. You know, there's that tendency. Like, we have that grit. We have that grit. That's why you will see somebody who was probably living a probably lush life. Especially if you'd not have money when you move to this place. You know, you were living a lush life and all that jazz. You had like all your luxuries. And then you move here and, you know, what you have to do to survive is worlds apart. You know, stuff you never thought you would ever do. But you're like, at this time, at this point in time, this is what I have to do to make sure I have winter coats because the winter is not your mates. To make sure (laughs) that my room, you have heater when the cold is coming. And to make sure that I eat, because African shop, you do used to cost, you know. So there's that grit. And I think that's what being a Nigerian is. We have grit. We feel see shaggy, see shaggy, but we shall go tell ourselves, well, I have seen shaggy, but shaggy or no shaggy, we keep it moving. And it helps us when we move here because, I'm here, just do the bare minimum. I'm sure the government to give you money. You want to do masters, you want to do all these months. Come and see what they are begging. Somebody, see, let me just do my, if I man needs, and do my first yeah. degree. It was here I realized somebody could finish, you know, you can finish secondary school. And just like Osa said, you know, Senna climbs. You see somebody who finished secondary school and they decide, oh, I don't want to go to uni. I want to go into carpentry, and they will actually, you know, like fill forms, do like proper applications, and then they go and yeah. learn under somebody to be a carpenter, to be a plumber because they're good with their hands. So, you know, that whole ah, you have to go to school to start the chance. Nobody's willing to do yeah. that one here. They are doing, they're doing carpentry, and they're loving it, and they're earning a living from it. Somebody is a plumber, and they have a swell time doing it. But in Nigeria, like eh, that's my BFC. when the people that did not go to school, in fact, you're like, I have to go to school. Yeah, there's that pressure. But here, you find out that this the system is able to support you. You know, the yeah. system is able to support you. So, but when you come here, you cannot afford to. Mm. Let me not do anything. Yeah, you know, nobody's going to hand you, you know, anything. So you have to yeah, put in work. Put in tremendous work. And a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And if you're like me, that's sometimes your head will be so full. And once somebody says good morning, that's when you start crying. You shall cry the <laughs> cry and do what you need to do because your yeah, is not coming to save you. And mommy is not here. So, but yeah. I think that speaks to us as Nigerians, the great, the perseverance that we have. Like, it's it's amazing because remember when a lot of my friends, like when I started making friends, I know what we had to endure. But there was that, like my friend Dara would say, Dara would look at me and would go, Tuh. like, we are here is we are here. So you have to toughen up and do what you
0: have to do and yeah. Right. right. That's cool. That's cool. So, um, I know you mentioned a couple of people and you, you guys, um, said a lot about communities, so I'd like to ask, how have you maintained the connection to, um, the Nigerian culture traditions while living abroad and what role have, um, communities played in helping you guys do so?
1: Um so the friends I've been able to make. I'm Igbo and I think out of my community members, I think it's just me and Kosi and Dara. That are the Igbo people. Yeah. And then we have um a we have an old what is Nj from against? Okay, we have a South South is Iskalaba, yeah. Then we have our other family members, you know, from Miroba. But what I started doing for me was um, I think, because it's quite traditional and I think to an extent so am I. And growing up, we would always celebrate the New Year Festival. No matter whether we go to the village or we do it back, you know, where we live in the soccer, we would always celebrate New Yam festival. So one of the things I stayed doing for my friends was
0: yeah.
1: every year I'd always keep tabs, like with my parents back home. So when is our village doing New Yam festival? And I think because for the past two to three years, every New Yam festival, I'd used, I used to celebrate New Yam festival for my friends, like do pound, do the Insala soup, buy drinks. Yeah. Call everybody, and then of course we do the usual ego for our own fashion of eagle for because well, he's a red cap chief, <laughs> you know. Oh, by the <laughs> way, we call him our resident chief because I'm the
2: Dublin chief, bro. Oh
1: yeah, of course he's the resident Dublin chief <laughs> in our community because anything we are doing, his red cap and his trap, so he's our resident chief. You know, we start doing, um, you know, things like that. So I. Make it a point of duty. Once it's New Year festival, we will do small thing. And you know, once and once we just decide, well, we haven't seen each other in a while. Whose house are we going to? Oh well, we should probably, you know, cook up a storm and just spend some time, you know, um, together. I don't know if there's any other culturally related thing. We do okay. I think apart from maybe once in a while making Igbo meals and sharing with my friends, like yeah, making Igbo meals and sharing with my friends, like make ukwa. Oh, have you had ukwa before? My mom sends me ukwa, so I make ukwa and I share with them. I make, um, I'm probably making soup one. I make, you know, I try to make our local meals that they've not had before and we share and they do the same, you know, yeah. um, my friend Toyo makes, um, very, very mad as Ayamashi and she shares with us. NJ's Afang is not anybody's mates and she shares, you know? So yeah, we try to do those little, little things. And, you know, just to stay connected to our roots and, um, stay in touch with each other and stuff like that.
2: Um how have I maintained the 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 community or the communal living? First is networking. Yeah and like Kosi said out of all the friends we have just a few are our tribe or our our um ethnic group yeah our people yeah so this I'm trying to I'm trying to expand it a bit. So this shows you that When you're outside Nigeria, or when you're outside the African continent, when you see someone from the same country as you, he becomes your brother, he becomes family, so it doesn't matter whether he speaks Igbo, it doesn't matter whether he speaks AUSA or ETIC or Urobo, he is your brother, he or she is your brother. So, there is no, there is no division, just finding people that share the same belief system or like the same, have the same ideas, as you or you to share common um, values. Yeah. You know, so here it was easy to pick out people like that because, like I said, yeah. Kosi already was here. So it was easier to tap into her own network than with just a, little, a very few friends that I've made. It reminds you of home. You know, so when we meet up with them, I can yeah. speak my language, I can use the Nigerian colloquial terms and they will be able to understand what i'm saying if you're passing on a road and says waka to yeah. someone they don't know what you're telling them but if a nigerian is passing by and and he or she hears waka, ah they say ah you are busy this guy or you're saying something like this or you can say sha shebi, and they know yeah. what you're talking about you know so it reminds you of home yeah. and it makes you feel like there are your people around so even if, even if you're in the, in the face of danger you know, you know that there are people that have your back regardless of whether you can share different um, ethnic backgrounds, Yeah, you know, so bias, yeah. being outside Nigeria really just gives you the opportunity to to relate with Nigerians in oneness, in unity without having any cultural autonomy or any ethnic yeah, bias, you know, so just having that mindset alone has helped in making sure that yeah. I don't like derail from those cultural values that I've have, have been imbibed in me like growing up, you know, Nigerian yeah. culture is actually yeah. very similar. Everything you know, just look at a person who a person who who have like a, a Shango God, who is the God of Thunder, and the yeah. have Amadiha, who is the God of Thunder. Yeah, so it's different. It's just different, well, like, like um, naming yeah. systems, you know. But they're just basically the same thing. So if these things are similar then if you if you dig deep enough you'll find out that we are all the same we are more alike you know so you you tend to navigate or you tend to get attracted to those things that make you people like alike and similar you know so I, I don't know if I've answered your question <laughs> This work, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, But <laughs> yeah.
1: to the best um, of your ability, you have. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what what advice would you give to young Nigerians who are considering moving abroad, or who are currently living abroad and struggling struggling to get their dual identity the, the
2: umbrella of the umbrella. The chief advice is I'm a plan. Have a plan. Yeah. Have a plan. Don't move on by the inshallah. Have a plan. Uh-uh. You know, don't say, oh, anytime, uh, oh, let's just get there. When we we'll get there, we'll see what others are seeing. You figure
0: things out.
2: Have a yeah. plan.
1: Yeah. Oh, like, uh, you know, we'll see people. you,
2: you can't. <laughs> you, you, you have to. You can't move from A to D. You must go to B. You must go to C.
1: Then C? you land at D. Yeah, it's a process.
2: It's a process.
1: Yeah.
2: Don't cut corners. Yeah. Be open-minded. Don't
0: go through the like, corners.
2: Yes. Be, be open-minded. Be be open-minded to the extent that, like, know that you're going to have to drop. We have a lot of bad habits that we don't know are bad habits. Yeah. So yeah. know that you have, that you have learning to. to do yes. Job. Know that you have to like drop a lot of things. A lot of things. And don't get yourself caught up doing wrong things for any reason. So someone might tell you, ah don't worry, we run I'm like this, will they do I'm like this? Nope. Mm,
1: run to lateral, just, or
2: get into just, just just be as be as authentic as possible. As be very authentic. Because one, if you're a black man, you yeah. suspect.
1: The system is already rigged.
2: You're a suspect. If you're, Nigerian, you're a Nigerian, you double suspect.
1: Right, they was right? test.
2: So the best thing yeah. you can do for yourself is stay on the good side of the law. Yeah. Don't Betrayed go, don't yourself. don't go into the bad places, avoid the bad people, you know, don't do wrong things, just stay on the very good side of the law. And you'll be amazed at the things you can achieve in a little time, you know, if you yeah. know your own. But I think so,
1: patience too you know, patience as well because um just like Christi said, you know, be on the right side of the law, stay the cause, yeah. you know, follow things, follow the process. And I think that's where patience comes in. Because we are humans. There's that tendency to, eh? Um, why is this thing taking so much time? Can it happen any faster? And you want to look for please I don't uh, let me explore. What other ways can we add yeah. yeast to this thing? Let it be rising quickly, fast, fast. But you not add yeast to it; it will not rise, and it will pour away. You know, you probably dabble into the wrong things, mix with the wrong crowd, and before you know it, you could get there faster, quote unquote. But does it? Will it last? How long before yeah. it blows up in your face? How long before? Oh shoot! Have to start this all over again. It requires patience. And as humans, to be honest, that's not the strongest virtue. Yeah, but I think yeah. surviving here, you will need patience. A lot of yeah. it. Because there will be times that you will even put, put in the work, just like Hussey said. You have stayed the course. You have been honest. You have been on the right side of the law. And <laughs> it's not giving, according to Gen Z people, it's not giving all the things that you were. Expecting it will give it is so. In fact, it's not. It's on brand. I believe mean, it's not on brand. I don't know which one, but it shall not give. It. It's not sexy at all. The result, I get, it. Yeah. there's nothing sexy about it. But will you be patient? What's that thing they used to say about fortune? is fortune favors the brave. cousin. Yeah. That's, that's a- yeah.
2: yeah let, let me say. Let me say something that will go relate to in in this song, um, "Love Yours" by J Cole. He said. Yeah. He said, "The good, the good news is, nigga, you came a long way. But the bad news is, you went the wrong,
0: was, is, the wrong way. is it's in the wrong way.
2: Yeah. So yeah. So no life, but love yours. So is basically yes. <laughs> like
1: yes. No,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Grass, it <laughs> didn't greener on the other side. I but tell I you, know, 100%. It's not me. But yeah, patience and I think community too. And to be fair, it's something that could take time because, of course, there are good people and there are bad people. You want to be, if you're like me, that, yeah, you're a people person, but you sure I don't want to be a people person with rubbish. You want yeah. to be careful, you want to be. But I think community, it's, it's just like you get what you give if you're somebody who your own sense of community is, ah, I think I'm gonna, you know, it's for what you can get from people. You may never really build genuine connections. And I thank God every day for the people that I've met here, you know, shout out to Dera, Kosi, Kosi get out, your family, you know, um, Dera, (laughs) MJ, Toyosi, Shegum, um, who am I forgetting? Marianne, Scholar, my darling Febby. Um, to mention but a few. Who else am I forgetting? now? so I can call me Deola. Trust me, you know, I remember when we started off, it was just me, Dara, and Toya, because both of us were in the same class. And before we knew yeah. it, it was Toya's siblings. Before we knew it, it was Toya's husband. Before we knew it, it was Toyo's husband's friend. You know, Kosi came into the country. There are, you know, little by little. But I like to think that if either of us were shitty people, we wouldn't have built what we have. And I like that. No matter how busy we are, I like my community because there's that tendency to show up, you know, Dara disappears for a while. And we're like, oh, we've not seen Dara in a long time. Everybody makes out time. All road leads to Dara's house. You need to go and be sure that he has pulse. Uh, of course, he's not feeling well. Everybody's running around. All you just have to do is say it. Let somebody hear it. You know, you yeah. have to be intentional. There are bad people. Nobody is negating that fact. But the truth is, we need the help of God. We need the help of people to get through life. Nobody is an island. If we are supposed to be an island, everybody they will create you and then they will put you in your own but location.
0: But you guys are in. Ireland, so
2: just
1: Nobody is an island. Some people are mainland, but you guys are. <laughs> ire- <laughs> yes, some <people> are <laughs> but well, that was people's business. Nobody
2: is an island actually, but you have to keep government.
1: Uh-huh. I really don't like you at this point. Yeah. we have this conversation no. when we get off this. Let me, no this. No this. No this. <laughs> let me not see your leg in my house. your leg in my house after this. But yeah, mm. I think community is important and you have to be intentional and honest because the truth is you might be thinking, ah, a approach is big, it's smaller So if you none can't be doing rubbish to other people, don't worry. Somehow it will come out, and everybody will avoid you like the tenth Egyptian plague. But yeah, I think you have to be intentional about you know finding and building your own community, even if it's just one person that is sincere that you find. the you try yeah. and know that? Artists, before you know it, they will, you know they will. By extension, more sincere people will come into the picture, and before you know it, you have your own small home away from home people that you know when you're around them you feel that sense of hope oh. i know that sometimes when i'm feeling everybody's stressed everybody we we'll just discuss amongst ourselves please whose house are we going to because ah, this stress is killing everybody and everybody pitches yeah. in what they can if we need to make food if we need to buy drinks We bring together, no matter what it is we have, we'll pitch it it together. And before you know it, we'll stay, we'll have a laugh, we'll eat. And, you know, in that moment, it feels like you're home. You know, you're not thinking of work. You're not thinking of how you just have that support. You're going through a difficult time. You know, the support that normally family would give you if you were home. The support that, ah, uh, if you were maybe back in Nigeria and say you live in Enugu and they get too tough, you pack an overnight bag and go to soccer. Eat mommy, thank yeah. you. Lie down, watch TV, you know, jenna, swoggy nishi. And so you see somebody, they'll ask you, this one, your face is like this. But here, you know, there's that individual, you're just always hustling, hustling, hustling. And if you don't have that sense of community, you get depressed. Even people that have community get depressed. You're like, why does my life have to be like this? You question all the, you know, decisions of your adult life. But when you have, you know, that's your own small community. So I think for me, I would say, amongst other things, be intentional about building communities. You know, start small. It doesn't have, you don't have to know 100 people. Maybe you want to know 100 people, but quality over quantity. I'd rather they are five, they have sense, and they are good for my spirit, soul, and body than I have hundred and every day I'm like, hell, how did I end up with this manner of this thing? So yeah, that's my one two cents.
0: Yeah. I, I think the intentionality of, um, um, regarding building a community goes both home and abroad because sometimes, um. The sort of connections that you make at home um they sort of help out when you maybe leave like you don't know where people are going to be um today or tomorrow so yeah being intentional all around doesn't have to be yeah yeah so um so lastly i'd like to ask how do you see the nigerian diaspora evolving in the coming years and What impact do you think it will have on both the Nigerian culture and the world at large?
2: When Nigerian diaspora, like, a lot of work still needs to be done. You know, a lot of work needs to be done in the sense that we are, like, we are representing the Nigerians outside Nigeria, right? So whatever whatever good or bad that comes out of any of us is shared by the entire nation, by the entire community you know that's on one hand on the other hand a lot of people who are not living in nigeria was born out of losing hope for the nation you know so they don't think that they will reach their highest potential being back home so you can tell that at the back of their mind there is a little oh i don't want to go back there or oh that place depresses me you know so it's going to take two things a work in Nigeria or a Nigeria that is going to be helped or a Nigeria that is going to start working because there is a lot of inputs or a lot of pressure coming from the diaspora community. You know, so I, I recently came across um, a, an Instagram story where people were, people in the US, Nigerians in the US. Someone shared the number of the uh, of the U.S. I think senators and some Democrats, you know, people that some mayors as well, you know. So the, the Nigerian diaspora, were were being told to call up these people to put pressure, you know, on the state of affairs of this past election, you know. And what it means is that the, the way they were going about it was, you know, call up these people, tell them that the only way you know, you keep voting Democrats or Republican, whatever it is, if they see that Nigeria, or if they see that these people who keep looting the funds or who keep doing illegal things in Nigeria don't get to have a safe heaven when they come over to this side of, side of the world. Do you understand? So this is just a little role the diasporans can play to enforce or to see that we have a very sane and uh, improved society, you know? So it's really, it's a big deal. It's a big task ahead for anybody who doesn't live in Nigeria because anywhere you go, it looks like having that green passport is just a mark of like disgrace or disrespect. So even though you're not living in Nigeria, unless you don't own a Nigerian, even if you don't own a Nigerian passport, one in three blacks anywhere are Nigerians, right? So it means that you first get profiled as a Nigerian before any other thing. So if they see a black, oh, he's Nigerian, or oh, maybe they now interview you or find out that you're probably from another country, right? So you, the onus is on you to make sure or to see that that narrative or that stereotype about your country is changed because one word or the other you're still affected by it even though you don't live in do you understand so uh i don't know i think i i've even forgotten the question but i'll just let us i just, just kept on going and going because
0: they are meant say
1: yes no i think what he says pretty much you know kind of encompasses my thoughts on it, you know, you are an ambassador. Yeah. You, oh Nigerians are this and that. they are seeing you. I am Nigerian. <laughs> I said That's how they used to behave, and it is you who's going to drive yeah. that point home. It's is your actions or inactions that's going to say, "Oh no, maybe I was wrong." So, I really do agree with what he said. You, uh you know, an ambassador for the nation, for the people as much as the next person is and whatever biases that people may or may not have. Somehow a bit of that responsibility falls on you in the way you carry yourself in the things that you do or don't do, you know, to either buttress that um, narrative or to... Kind of um, dissipated. All, right. so, all of us, are all right. of, of Tanzania, be Tanzania and be international and and, and and
2: and and um, I, I I just I just remembered before our elections, I think at like two yeah. or three weeks before our elections, I work with the Tanzanian, yeah. you know. So I one that at work, uh, uh, you know, like what well, I was just talking about you know how I want and um, people be to win and the funny thing is that this guy is a Tanzanian, and he knows who he is yeah. he's not nigerian yeah. Jonathan, so he knew who he was so, said, so the, w- w- the question he asked me was, why 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 is it that nigeria doesn't want to liberate africa i'm like What's, what, what do you mean like also you now say that that if nigeria yes. gets it right it's going to spark the other African nations you know to, mm. yeah, so to want right. to get it
1: right. Get it right.
2: So this mm. this actually this actually means that you're not just even an ambassador of the Nigerian for yourself country Nigeria as a country the African you know, you're also alive. yes. Yeah, it, yeah. They see you, we are the most populous. So it means that it, it, it means that if if you have two hundred million people if one person does something right or wrong yeah. it's going to go all over because there are 200 million people 200 million voices to echo it do you understand so but in a place where they have 4 million or 3 million or 5 million or 20 million people it's not the same it's not the same um reverberations it's yeah. not the same vibe really mm-hmm. you know so anything that a nigerian does gets attentions whether good or bad of course. so why right. why not yes so why not why not do the like uh the right things you know to get that credit and that credit doesn't just go to Nigerians. you know like it goes to yeah. the entire black community you know so when nigeria gets it right it's a shame that the rest can't get it right and i i dare say if i do say so myself we are one of we are one of the smartest people True. on planet Earth. Because mm-hmm. when you move out, when you move out and you, you have conversations with people from other places, you actually know that like you know a lot of things. Maybe because of the way our educational system is, and I know it's a burden because you get to learn a lot of things. You get to learn about when you learn history, and you get to learn about other histories as well. You get to learn about the Romans or learn about the Egyptians yeah. or the Greeks. You know, you so you, you have vast yeah. knowledge right so you're able to hold conversations in any room and you're bold you know but it's not the same for every other person you know they might be tailored their knowledge might be tailored to certain like subjects or you know discourse but yeah yeah but nigerians are really really they're, they are they are knowledgeable they are hard workers you know so when we when we shine these lights that we have we we make sure that everybody knows that this is what we are made up of then you start to gain more respect people start to take you seriously people start to people people listen when you speak you know so it's the 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 advantages or the good things that can come out of it are too numerous to mention yeah
0: yeah exactly 100% and, and I, I would say that I, I, this was this was the last question on my list and I would say you ended it so perfectly so thank you for that and thank you guys for um coming on this episode but before I let you guys um off so easy so I need to ask you guys a couple of I think I call it the lightning round so um first off what's your favorite thing to do a to do in Ireland
1: to chill with Dara, <laughs> and <there's> the community. <laughs> I was not, expecting oh, that's that.
2: Not <laughs> to that's, that's not my favorite to do. That's not my favorite thing to do.
1: <laughs> oh, and to go cycling with Marianne. I love going cycling with Marianne. I enjoy it. Uh,
0: what about you, yeah.
2: I'm, I'm i'm actually i'm actually trying to think what my favorite thing to do would probably just visit places like maybe museums or anything like just to see things basically should be my favorite thing
0: yeah if you guys want to i've just been to new places if you guys want to find or explore new places you should download the backdrop app it's really amazing probably attach a link to the notes
2: yeah you can attach a link i'll probably i'll probably use all
0: right, so so where can um, maybe maybe the listeners find you guys on social? Like, where they, where can they connect you guys?
2: I'm not on social media.
0: <laughs> fair, fair, yeah, yeah, true. I think you can connect with me
1: on God, Instagram. God,
0: God, God's, God's everywhere. God's everywhere. <laughs> I have
1: to say that. Oh, you got jokes! Um, I think you can connect with me on Instagram. Okay. With um,
2: I like um, you. <laughs> On you don't get you, you would Instagram every two minutes
1: on the handle la underscore fem underscore coco underscore butter. Uh, but currently, I'm on an Instagram hiatus, cocoa. but I should be back and running a note. But yeah, talk butter. Cocoa butter.
0: <laughs> but so, um, butter. I,
2: I'm, not Insta, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not any social media, but you can send me an email if you want, if you really need to reach me. Yes. On O B A K O S I N W O B A at App.com. That's the one you can you can reach it. All
0: right. No, that's cool. That's cool. So last question. So who would you yeah. love to love me to feature on the podcast? Just anybody at all. I can make that happen. Believe.
2: Stone. Okay. Anybody anybody
0: to do what? To feature on the podcast. I would you want to join the podcast next.
2: Well, a stone,
0: all right. All right, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Nice, yeah nice, that nice, nice, should nice. be interesting. That should be an interesting <laughs> one, but yeah, my take is stone
0: and well, stone.
2: That's <laughs> it, yeah.
1: so that would be nice. Stone and well, yeah, stone. Yeah, that would actually be nice. That would be nice, like having both. <laughs>
2: that <would be> nice.
0: <laughs> well, we'll figure it out. Yeah, so, um, thank you guys yeah, again for. Pack for coming to for the show and I don't know what do you how do the Irish say bottoms up like what's like their lingo like when they want to say bottoms up? Slant. What?
1: Because it's slant. Jab. How do they pronounce it? I don't it? know. Wait. So it's spelled S L A Father. So A father is A with an accent to the right on top of it. I N T E I think it's pronounced slanter. Just give me a minute. I must Is pronounce it slant
2: or slanter? I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know. No, how it's not slant. It's, it's
1: slanter. Just give me a minute, and I'll pronounce it for you. Just wait. To-
2: slanter. In yes. igbo kaya kwako niko, iku
1: kaya
2: kiku. abi. This um, abi. Iku kuku the abi.
1: Yeah, so yeah. in Irish, abi, yes. In Gaelic, when you raise your glass, you say slanter. 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 So it means like to good health. Okay. It's like cheers. Okay,
2: so health, but my favorite, my favorite phrase for that is Mazotov. I don't know. I just learned Mazotov. in Yeah. All right. So, yeah.
0: so to conclude, conclude the show. Um. So Slancha, Mazotov, and
1: Slancha and um.
0: Gai Kwaki. Kwaki. Grav Mahagat. Grav
1: Mahagat is thank you. So Grav Mahagat. Right. having
0: no we <laughs> okay. guys. Hey. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode of Shorts on Shorts. I um, hope you guys enjoyed our conversation and getting to know Kosi Keme and Kosi Morba's experiences as Nigerians living abroad and um please do leave a like follow the podcast so you're um you're updated whenever um, i drop a new episode please do leave a comment um and if you would want us to talk about specific conversations moving forward just send a dm um to me at u.ikme i'll add my handles on the notes and the handles of our guests so and of course a big thank you to um everyone listening and tuning in and thank you to Kosi Kamiya and Kosi Mwaba for making our time for this podcast and yeah to stay connected I'll leave their handles on the notes and yeah I think that's that's that I need to keep this I need to keep this um outros really short so (laughs) so yeah until next time it's short and short, guys